Hey guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark. All right. And uh, another person that I get the blessing to really serve God with every week is my mom. Can you guys give it up for my mom? I, I am a mama's boy, and, I, and I'm proud of it, right? Um, and my mom is a, a great woman, and uh, she's also funny, and she doesn't try to be funny. One of the things that, that I would laugh at her and about her is uh, every time I get a car, I've had several cars since I was 16 years old, she would always say, Yo no sé lo que es, pero cada vez que tú compras un carro, every time you buy a car... Entonces todo el mundo se compra el mismo carro. Everybody buys the same car. Everywhere I go, I just see your car and I think it's you. And I'm like honking at like random people in the street because I think it's you. And has that ever happened to you? Someone gets a car and then you're like, oh my gosh, that's my car. Or that's my car. Or, or maybe it's a, you know, you bought a shirt and you're like, this is the most unique outfit I've ever seen. And then you go somewhere and everybody's wearing the same outfit. Um, and I just thought that my mom was getting a little older and now she was seeing things and confusing me. But this is actually called the frequency illusion. All right? So you buy something, you go somewhere. Sometimes it even happens with words. You learn a new word and now you hear this word everywhere you go. And uh, when I think about the frequency illusion, it actually came to my mind as I was preparing to write this message. And today's message is titled, How to Be Blessed by the Bible. All right? And in America, there's Bibles everywhere, everywhere you go. And this isn't an illusion. This is real. My mom seeing me all over Hialeah um, every time I got a car, that was an illusion. But this is real. Everywhere you go, you can find Bibles in the grocery stores. You can find Bibles in the bookstore. You can find Bibles in motel rooms, hotel rooms. Everywhere you go, they're available in all sizes, shapes, translations, versions, leather-bound, paperback, hardback. Every year, you know that the Bible outsells every single major bestseller. The Bible, number one best-selling book. Last year, there were over 500 million Bibles that were published in the world. 500 million. 18,000 different languages. And this is the coolest number is that over 10 million unique downloads on mobile apps. 10 million people, one time, just unique downloads in 2018. So in America, we are bombarded with the Word of God. It's, it's on our phones, it's, it's on the radio, it's on TV, it's on books, it's in magazines, it's everywhere we look, yet millions of people still miss the blessings of the Bible. The most accessible book, most accessible book, yet so many people are still missing and don't really understand or even receive the blessings of God through the Bible. You see, and why is that? It's because the blessings that come from the Bible, they're not automatic. Sometimes we think that they're automatic. And, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but I think like in the Bahamas and Jamaica and, and in, in these islands, uh, people, uh, they, they put Bibles on their dashboard. And my, my father-in-law always says whenever we go, oh, let's go with this guy because he's a Christian. 
And yet they're in the car, and they're like saying bad words, and there's a, you know, a, a, a red striped beer in the, in the cup holder, and, you know, crazy people. And it's like, because for them, and I found out that it's like good luck to have the Bible on the dashboard. And so every time you go to Jamaica, the guy's, he's smoking weed and driving you to the nearest beach, and you're praying. You, it's because you become a Christian every time you get in a car with, with one of these people. Um, and, and it's because the blessings of the Bible are not automatic. Just because you have a Bible doesn't mean that you have the blessings that are founded in And James, being the practical guy that he is, gives us three steps on how to be a blessing by the Bible. See, today we're going to learn how to be blessed by the Bible as we continue in our series, Paparazzi, through the book of James. We're going to be reading through chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 19 through 27, and verse 25 is the key verse to all these verses, and this is what it says. It says, The man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, will be blessed in what he does. The Bible is called the perfect law because that's exactly what I need. It promises freedom and it promises blessings. And here are three steps on how to be blessed by the Bible and pull out your phones, pull out uh, some type of paper or something, write this down. Okay, the first step is to receive God's word. To be blessed by God's word, we need to accept God's word. Verse 21 says, accept the word planted in you. We must accept God's word. If you're going to be blessed by it, you must accept it. If we're going to be blessed by the word of God first, we must welcome the word into our lives. We must be receptive to God's word. James gives us an illustration of being planted. He gives us an illustration of a garden. The Bible, all throughout Scripture, actually talks about the Word of God as being a seed, a seed that's being planted. And I don't know if you remember the parable of Jesus talking about the sower, that he goes and he sows seed in different types of soil. The Word of God is a seed that is planted in our heart. But how come you can take two natural seeds, you could get two same seeds, tomato, mango, avocado, whatever it is that you want to plant, and you can plant them in two different locations, and the crop, the fruitfulness, can be different. And that's because one soil is prepared. It's ready for the seed. And the other one, it isn't. There are times that people come up to me and, and they'll ask me a question. Well, well, Pastor Mark, what do I do in this situation of my life? And a lot of times I'm like, I know you were in church last week and I talked about that. Did, didn't you hear what, what I said? And I don't say this. I, I actually go through it again. But, but I think it because I'm, I'm human, Right? How is it that you can take two people, put them in the same service with the same message, and one person gets it, and the other one doesn't? It's because one heart was prepared, and the other heart wasn't prepared. James says that we must receive the Word of God with the right attitude. Sometimes our attitude isn't right. And so he gives us four attitudes that we need to have so that we can begin to receive blessings through God's Word. The first thing that he tells us in verse 19 is to be careful we must have a careful attitude. He says, be quick to listen. Wow, that's difficult. It means give it your full attention. It means to be alert. Don't miss it. He says to be slow to speak. See, when, I, when I'm talking, I'm not listening. God gave us two ears and one mouth for what? So that we can listen more than we speak. See, many of the problems in our life, think about them. The problems in our life, many of them, is because we rather speak than listen. Be careful in your attitude. Be ready. Be intent. Be ready to be receive God's word. 
The second thing is to be calm. Be calm if you're going to receive God's word and be blessed by it. Verse 19 says, be slow to become angry. See, many times we're very quick to become angry. It's like something happens and immediately we're ready to retaliate. We're ready to come back. I mean, I remember when I was in middle school that I would practice my comebacks. I'd be like, man, you're so good with your comebacks. And that's because I spent all night practicing on what I was going to say when somebody told me something. You know, if they were going to try to cut me down, I was going to cut them down deeper. Be slow to become angry. You know that a relaxed attitude increases receptivity? When you're relaxed, when you're calm, you can receive and understand better. If you're relaxed, people can communicate with you more. When we work so hard every week on trying to create a relaxed atmosphere here at church. We bring donuts and we, we try to play music that draws you closer to God, that puts you in, in a mood emotionally and spiritually so that when you hear the Word of God, you can connect with the Word of God. See, so many people tell me, but Pastor Mark, how come God doesn't speak to me? Well, maybe it's because you need to relax and listen. Maybe it's because you got resentment in your life. And it's blocking you from listening to what God wants to tell you today. I was reading an article this week as I was preparing for the message that said when you listen, it actually lowers your blood pressure. When you listen. And when you speak, it raises your blood pressure. James says to be calm, be slow to anger. What is your emotional state normally when you come to church? I know that Sunday mornings are very hectic. Right? It's like, oh my gosh. Today we were like almost here and we had to drive back home because we forgot something. All right, I mean, sometimes the mornings, and we have three little kids, and then we get here, and we start helping with setup, and, 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 and it can be kind of hectic. And maybe sometimes God doesn't, we don't feel God, and we don't receive from God, and we feel like, man, I really didn't connect. And it's because we didn't prepare ourselves from the most important 30 minutes of the week when we're hearing the word of God, when we're spending time worshiping, when we're fellowshipping with our friends. See... Maybe we just need to wake up a little bit earlier. I know that if I didn't want to sleep an extra 30 minutes and I got up an extra 30, I'm, I'm confessing here in front of all of you. Um, my morning would have probably been a little easier, right, babe? Maybe if we would have gone to sleep a little bit earlier instead of watching another Cake Wars episode, um, we probably would have gotten here a little earlier. And sometimes we say, man, I really want to connect. Think about the last time you got ready for a wedding. It's like for, for women, this is like a 30-day preparation. What am I going to wear? What shoes am I going to wear? Like, oh my gosh, I got to make an appointment at the hair salon. And I've even met ladies that make an appointment before the wedding to get a hairstyle to see if they like it for the day of the wedding. And yet Sunday morning comes along and it's like, ugh. My dad used to tell me, que diablo te tiene cogido en la cama. The devil has you in bed because I would wake up any day of the week. But then Sunday morning, I didn't want to get out of bed. And now I love it because that's like the hardest day for Leilani to get out of bed. And I said, Diablo te tiene cogido en la cama. The devil has you in bed. So I love that line that I inherited. So the third thing is to be clean. Bañate. That's not really what it means, but I, I like saying that to my kids at night. Um, Bañate. Ta sucio. Te tienes peste, you know. And the good thing is like two of my kids don't really understand what I'm saying, which makes it even funnier to me. But he's talking about being clean spiritually, being clean in our heart. Verse 21 says, get rid of all the moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. 
Man, don't we live in a time and a city and a place where evil and sin is so prevalent. It's so common. We walk the streets. We turn on TV. And it's like evil is everywhere you go. I used to laugh at people that would say, I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. I haven't watched TV for like a year. Yeah, I, I, I watched Leilani watch another Cake Wars. So, so that was like a little like, uh, nudge that I gave her in the message. And I'll watch it and fall asleep. But I haven't watched TV for a year and I'm a lot happier. I don't really know exactly what's going on in the world. I feel like I'm getting younger. I feel more like a millennial that has no idea what's going on in the world. So I do get Google alerts about what's going on, like big things. But like watching the news every day, I was becoming obsessed. I was watching like three or four news shows until I would pass out. And then one day I'm like, it's the same thing over and over and over again. Just a different commentator telling it to you. And I would go to sleep so stressed out. And I would dream about the end of the world. And, you know, Donald Trump, like, you know, bombing people and stuff. And then people talking bad about him wanting to bomb people. And these are my dreams. These are fake things that were happening. And so I'm like, you know what? I just got to connect because evil is so prevalent in this world. Yeah, I want to be aware. I need to know who I'm ministering to. But I was... It was becoming to consume me. So for a year, the only thing I see are kids baking wars and adult baking wars and chopped. And I could tell you what's going to happen every episode. It's like right when you want to know who's getting chopped, they cut the scene and it's my life now. See, before you can plant a seed, there needs to be a little bit of weeding. That's what James is talking about here. That's why sometimes we don't grow spiritually. We hear the word and it doesn't really do anything. It's because our gardens are dirty. Our gardens are full of weed. Our, our soil is not being taken care of. See, the word filth in here, it actually, if we go to the original language, it's earwax. Have you ever talked to someone and you couldn't listen to anything they were saying because all you could see was like the earwax in their ear? I'm six, six-ish, and that's like one of the curses of being a little bit taller in a community where most people are shorter is that I could see in your ears, guys, right? And so... I have this thing. I actually, I bought this like gun thing that you can like squirt in your ear and the stuff comes out and, and I haven't tried it yet because it just appeared in my office on Friday. Um, I ordered it like 30 days ago, but it, uh, it's back. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's what it's talking about. It sounds kind of gross. Like if you see some orange stuff coming out of someone's ear, that's the filth that James is associating the little things, the sin that sometimes, you know, it's there, you don't see it, but then someone who's six feet tall can look right into your ear and see it. God sees it. God sees my filth. He sees my shortcomings. And, and he convicts us and he says, hey, I want to do so many good things in your life. I want to bless you. I want you to be happy. But we need to tend that garden. See, when you have sin in your life, it blocks you from hearing. It prevents God's word from getting into your heart. He says, get rid of that evil. Get rid of that. Clean your ears. Limpiate la oreja. We know that there's sin in our lives right now. There's sin in my life right now. That before I leave here today, I need to confess it to God and say, God, help me in this area of my life. What are the things that you need to confess to God today? God says, lay aside all the emotional garbage and the old habits, the junk in your life, so that God's word can get through to you. So how can we be clean? You're thinking like, how can I, how can I be clean? How can I clean this like spiritual earwax, this filth? It's by confession. It's just literally just saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. It's that easy. And then turn from it and don't do it anymore. If we confess our sins, the Bible tells us that he is faithful and just 
to forgive us and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. The Living Bible says it this way. Get rid of all that's wrong in your life, both inside and out. The fourth thing is being compliant. I I struggle with this. I did a a personality test. And like, I'm like 98% extroverted, right? And then I other, but the other number that I remember is that I'm 2% compliant. That scared me when I, when I saw I'm like 2%. I took the test again. And I was 1.9% compliant. So being compliant means that you're teachable, that you're yield, that you, you're humble, that you're willing to change. He says, humbly accept the word of God that's planted in you. God's word is in you. You're hearing it now. And he wants to change your life and give you a better life. We need to ask God. We need to pray and say, God, what do you need to do in my life? Let's all say that together. Say, God, what do you need to do in my life? God, say it. God, what do I need to change in my life? God says, if you want to be blessed, first, you need to receive it. You need to be receptive. You need to be compliant. We also need to reflect on God's word. What does that mean, to reflect on God's word. Verse 23 says, anyone who listens to the word of God but does not want what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself immediately goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. All right? In the morning, my children walk out of the room and they look like they stuck their finger in an electricity socket. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go to school. And they walk out, and it's like, if it's like Halloween, but it's like 6 a.m., and it's like last Friday. And I'm like, Caleb, did you look in the mirror? He's like, I brushed my teeth. I'm like, no, but but did you look in the mirror? And so I'm trying to train him that that's what you do every day. You look in the mirror, right, buddy? I tell you that. Don't I tell you that every day? And then I'll tell Joshi the same thing. Did you look in the mirror? And now Stella, the same thing. Stella, did you look in the mirror where James is saying, That if we don't do what the word of God says, if we don't listen to what the word of God is like, we look in the mirror, man, that looks in the mirror, walks away and forgets what he looks like. See, God's word is our mirror. And when we look at the word of God and we listen to the word of God and we just go about our lives however we want it with our own interpretation and not what we know to be true, it's like we're looking in the mirror and then we're walking away. See, what good is a mirror if we don't do anything with what we see? God says a mirror reflects what we are like on the outside. But God's word reflects what we're like on the inside. And that's why sometimes we don't want to look at the word of God. Because it's going to show us something that we know is there. But we can pretend that it's not there if we don't look in the mirror. Remember as a teenager, when, whenever I would get cold in my walk with God, I used to have a Bible in my nightstand. I, I would put it in the drawer. Because just the sight of the outside of it would convict me. See, God's word reveals the areas of our light. It lights up those darkened corners and crevices that we pretend aren't there. Hebrews says God's word detects the thoughts and tents and motives and desires of our heart. It's a story that's told about Queen Elizabeth many years ago. The queen was super, super beautiful. You can Google pictures of her. But as she grew older, she had all the mirrors in Buckingham Palace removed because she didn't want to see herself as someone that was growing old. See, a lot of people do that with the Word of God. A lot of people do that with church. 
It's like, I, I'm not going to go to church because of the way that I'm living. And yet, if you come here, Jesus is coming with open arms, ready, ready to forgive you, ready to heal you, ready to give you joy, ready to give you the life that you really want, the life that you're trying to get in other places, and it's not fulfilling, and you feel guilty. Well, that guilt, Jesus can wipe you and wash you away from those feelings. See, but the problem is that we're unwilling a lot of times, and I say we, we're unwilling to face the realities of our life. Let's not look at the Word of God and hear the Word of God and pretend that it's not there. See, we need to read the Word of God. Verse 25 says, the man who looks intently into the perfect law is the one that's blessed. That means that it's more than, than just reading. It's that we're researching. We're, we're, we're hungry. We want to know what's inside of the Word of God. We're investigating. We're asking questions. There's nothing that makes me happier than when I get stopped in the halls or I get stopped up here and, and people ask me, what does the Bible say about this? I was reading this in the book of Romans. Someone asked me, just this week, and, and started asking me, I got so much joy because it's someone that's looking to grow in their relationship with God. God wants us to read his word, to investigate his word. The second thing, he wants us to review it. It says that the man who looks intently into the perfect law and continues to do so. So it's not like you read it and then you walked away from it. And I already read that. I remember one time when I was a youth pastor I was telling a kid, and I would make all the kids like bring their Bibles and hold them up, and I would say, why aren't you bringing your Bible anymore? And this was before all of us had Bibles on our phones and stuff. And he'd say, oh, because I already read it. I don't need to bring it anymore. But, but we're the same way. We're older, and we're the same way. A lot of us know this stuff by heart, but we don't go back to it in our mind. Let's, let's read it, and let's review it. Let's meditate on it. See, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. If you know how to worry about stuff, oh, I don't know how to meditate. Mark, it doesn't make any sense. Yet we're always worrying about stuff. So take that negative idea that you think about over and over and over again. That's called worrying. And take God's word and think about God's word over and over and over again. The Bible says to meditate on the word of God. Jesus said, if you, conti if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. If we're really followers of Jesus... We're continuing in his word day after day. Psalm 119 says this, I meditate on your word all day long. See, every businessman needs to memorize this next one. See, if, if you'll do one thing, God promises to bless you with success. Every businessman or businesswoman, every college student, every student, every mom, every father, everyone in this room. If you want to be successful in life, God promises, if you do one thing, God promises to bless you with success. And that is if you meditate on his word. If you're not experiencing success in your life, man, this is the key to it. If you want to succeed, like really succeed, it's not that, that you have money, it's not that you have the things that you want, no, but success, like real success, joy, happiness. Read it continually, stay in it, faithful to the book. You see, I know some people that, that they're so faithful to like Anderson Cooper, they don't miss Anderson Cooper every night. You're faithful to Oprah, to Sports Center. We're more faithful to those things and to the information that we're consuming from the outside than the information that we get from God. But let me ask you a question. Do you believe everything you read on a blog or on a newspaper or that you hear on the news? No. Yet so many of us live our lives by this stuff, by what someone else is telling us. James says, you want to be blessed? Reflect on the word. Think about it. Read it. Review it. The third thing is remember it. It says, not forgetting what he has heard. Let's not forget what we've heard. 
Let's challenge ourselves. Nothing will do more for your spiritual life than developing a habit of memorizing Scripture. Nothing will benefit you personally in your spiritual life more than developing a habit of memorizing Scripture. Man, get, get pieces of it. Get the stuff that we talk about here and say, you know what? This week I'm going to memorize just one verse. Psalm 119 says, Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You want to live a, a closer life. So many people, Mark, how can I grow in my relationship with God? Who's ever asked, how can I grow in my relationship with God? How many times have we said, I just want to go deeper? And God is telling us, just, just memorize my word. Little by little, little by little, just begin to memorize it. Memorize God's word if you want to be blessed. See, we remember important stuff. And I know some of you have already thought this. I just don't have a good memory. I, I'm not like you. I'm not like other people. I, I don't have a good memory. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you lines from a couple movies, and I want you to finish these lines, okay? You guys want to play a game with me? All right, do you want to play a game? All right, so I'm going to start, and then I'm going to stop, and you're going to finish it, okay? I'm going to make him an offer he. Toto, I've got a feeling we're not in. Here's looking at you. Go ahead, make my. May the force be. So what does that mean? You guys have a great memory. And you know what's better than all these movies? It's a life that is centered on the word of God. You know what's better than all these movies? It's the promise of eternity. It's happiness. It's joy. It's unity in our homes. It's the blessing of God. As fun. You know why we remember this stuff? Because, man, we have great memories. You know, we're off to see the wizard. The... Like, these thoughts bring us happiness. The nerds in the room like me made the force be. Like, I, I, I used to say that to my kids some days when I drop them off in school. May the force be with you, son. You know, and, and they look at me and they're like, yeah, I'm a nerd too, dad, you know. But you know why we can do that? Because God has gifted all of us with the ability to memorize because he wants us to memorize his word. You know, for thousands and thousands of years, we talked about how many, 500 million Bibles were published last year. So let's just say they're publishing about that for so many years. This is modern. For thousands of years, people didn't have the word of God. They had to memorize it. For hundreds of years, people couldn't see movies. And so one person would watch the movie and they could afford to see the movie. And then they would tell people about it. I remember when I was a kid and someone would say, man, I just saw this movie. And we would sit around them and we would like, tell us the movie. Right? Right before we saw um, one of the last, uh, uh, The Force Awakens, my mother-in-law hadn't seen any of the new Star Wars movies. And my son Caleb has the movies memorized. And she's like, Caleb, I haven't seen the last three movies. And he's like, that's okay. And Caleb started going from the beginning to the end of each movie. We left, did groceries, came back. And as soon as we walked in to their house, he's like, and now in episode three. And I'm like, you're still going? And she's like this, listening. She's a, she's, she is an amazing woman. But man, God's given us the gift. Let's memorize his word. Hebrews 2.1 says, write things down so we don't, let it, we don't let slip what we've heard. Write these things down. The United States Air Force did a study. This breaks my heart. 95% of what we hear, we forget within 72 hours. As a pastor, that's like devastating. Because I spend most of my week worrying about what I'm going to tell you guys. And by like Wednesday, you're going to forget 95% of it. 
If you don't write it down, so please write it down. That's like one of the first things that we made were the journals. And so if you want to make me happy, listen, we could, we could give them away. I, I, just write it down because I know it's going to make your life so much better. Receive God's word with the right attitude. Reflect on God's word, reading it, reviewing it, remembering it. And then the third thing is to respond to the word of God. Have you ever talked to someone and you're talking to them and you're like, are you listening to me? That's like the story of my life. I'm ta- I talk to three little children and I'm like, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? Right? What movie is that? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I feel, I, I quote this all the time. Verse 22 says, don't merely listen to what the word says and so deceive yourself. Don't just listen to it. We leave deceived lives if all we do is listen to God's word. Do what it says. Practice it. What good is a mirror? If you look at yourself and you do nothing about what you see, you come to church, walk in, you hear the word of God, you walk out with no intention of being changed, not even with the inclination of desiring change in your life. James says it's self-deception to live life this way. When we don't let the word of God change us, we think that we're just gaining content. We're gaining information. And this makes us spiritually mature. The test of maturity is not knowledge. The test of maturity is character. See, a lot of people have great Bible knowledge. They're they're spiritual dwarfs. They know a lot. But they don't do anything with what they know. We need to practice it. We need to apply it. We need to put it inside of our lives. And yeah, you're going to fail. And you're going to make mistakes. And you're going to do things you regret. But don't let it stop you. Get up and keep walking and keep practicing. See, the more that you know, the more accountable you are for what you know. Jesus said to whom much is given, much is required. James said to him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's sin. So I have this book. It's called Golf's The Best Little Instruction Book Ever. Over 100 great tips from Golf Magazine. Do the things in this book and you will become a golfer. So someone who likes golf gave me this book. And I've been reading it for six months, right? Some people are laughing because they went to play golf with me the other day. And you'd think... I love this book. I've, I've quoted this book. I'm even thinking about giving it to a couple of people. It's been on this, this stage with me the entire time. But if you go play golf with me, you're going to laugh like the people that are playing and laughing in the back of the room. There's a video that they wanted to show of me, but I did not allow them to show it. And you'd wonder, didn't you read the book? Yes, I read it. I underlined it. I highlighted it. But I didn't put any of it to practice. So many of us underline the Bible, mark the Bible, read the Bible, listen to the Bible, come to church. And yet our lives don't change. And so you're saying, so Mark, do I stop marking my Bible? We need to mark our Bibles, but we also need to let the Bible mark us. Let's allow God's word to become alive in us. It's not how many times you've been through the Word of God. It's how many times the Word of God has been through you. 
How many times have you allowed God's word to actually become alive in your life? We've got to be doers of the word. We deceive ourselves in thinking that, that we just have all this knowledge and we, we know all this stuff that doesn't make you mature. Having knowledge about this book and quoting things from this book does not make me a better golfer. Doing it and practicing it and failing and not giving up and getting up early and, and hitting the driving range, investing in the sport, that's what's going to make me a good golfer. That's what makes us a good Christian. We invest in our life, in our walk with God. Just because we know something doesn't me mean that we act on it. How many of us have family members that know the Bible? Like I said in our meeting this morning, we live in a very religious city. Yeah, a lot of people don't do what the Bible says, but most people will tell you that they're Christian. Most people say it on Facebook. Most people post Bible verses. I mean, I'll be honest, and I have to repent for judging certain people, but some of the people that I'm friends with online, some of the people that post the most verses are the ones that I'm like, did you read that, bro? Like, what do you think? If you just post it, it's going to, like, happen? You got to live it. That's what James is attacking here. He's saying if you want to be blessed, you have to live the word of God. Not just hear it, not just know it. You see, I work really hard to try to make what I talk about up here like really simple. And, and sometimes I'll read three or four different translations and ver versions. What is the easiest way so that I could understand it to share it with you and so that we could understand it and put this stuff into practice? The other day, a guy walked into church, and, and he was late. And this usher, who I'm very proud of, the guy asked him, he said, hey, is the sermon done yet? And the usher was wise and said, the sermon has been preached, but it's not done yet. It's done when we start living it, when we start doing it. We've just received it. So I'm going to end in like three minutes, but the sermon's not done. The sermon is done when I do and you do what we learned today. See, my honest prayer every Sunday is that, man, I hope that we remember what we talked about, that we remember what God did. Sunday night is probably the hardest night for me to fall asleep because I'm so excited about everything God has done. I'm also thinking, what the heck am I going to say next week? You see, I pray that Love Unlimited will be a church that develops a reputation that people say they are doers of the word of God. They practice what everyone else is talking about. These people, they do it. They live it. And people debate all the time, what's the best translation? And I just mentioned, oh, I try to read different translations so that I can share the simplest one with you. And, and, and there's, you know, stiff pastors out there that will say like, oh, you got to preach out of this one, Mark. I don't know why you use that one. And, and I'm like, man, if they would just do half of what that translation says, we'd be so much better. I'd be so much better doesn't matter what translation of the Bible that you read. The best translation of the Bible is when you translate it into your life and you let it change you. That is the best translation. So next time someone tells you, what's the best translation? It's the way that I translate what I listen to into my life, into my day-to-day -day routine. Let's not be deceived, James says. The man who puts the law into practice wins true happiness. Man, I wake up every single day and I want to be happier. Every single day. And I have a great life, but I want to strive for happiness. And James is telling us, if you want to be happy, if you want to be blessed, 
do these things. Jesus compared it to a man that builds his house upon the sand. Someone who listens to the word of God and doesn't do what it says. Think about that. If last time a hurricane came by here, I remember going to the Keys and houses literally disappearing. There's actually someone in this room that half of her property doesn't even exist anymore. She can't even put a house because it wasn't a strong foundation. How many of us have a sandy foundation, aren't really standing on God and his word? The Bible says that his word is a rock, that his word is strong, that his word cannot be shaken, that his word endures forever. What does that mean if we establish our home, our life upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ? Doesn't matter what the world throws at you, what storms come your way, you will withstand it. Who wants that for their life? Who wants to stand in the midst of storm, in the midst of problem? Jesus said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You don't need to know more. You already know enough. We just need to do it. We need to put it into practice. Verse 26 says, one of the ways that you can know that you are a doer of God's word is if you have a controlled mouth. Like I said, so many times we're talking, talking, talking. And we're trying to prove that we know more than we know. Let's just listen to what God has to say. Let's listen to other people. James 1, 26 through 27 says this, anyone who sets himself up as, a relig- as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. The kind of religion that's not hot air and only hot air, who grew up thinking that religion was hot air? I did, because the people around me, no one did. Everybody knew how to pray the prayers. Everyone went to church on supposedly the right days, but I didn't believe it. And that's why our city doesn't believe it. That's why you can walk any of the streets of Miami. And people do not believe in Jesus because all of us, and not just you and me, but the Christian community, our relatives that call themselves Christians, it's just a bunch of hot air. It says, real religion, the kind that pleases, that passes muster before God the Father, is this, reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that you're going to come to the next outreach with us to feed the homeless, which is great, and I hope you do come. It means that you actually care about the people that are hurting. That's true religion. True religion isn't I only hang out with Christians. I get worried whenever I tell, all my friends are Christian. That's a problem. If all your friends are Christian and all you do is hang out with Christians and go to Christian places and listen to Hillsong all day and you're in this bubble that's not reality, that's not what true religion is. True religion is going where the hurting are. True religion is like, man, there's that guy that no one talks to in your office because he's angry, because he's rude, because he's mean. True religion is to go to the homeless See, if we don't have God, we don't have a home. You can have a nice house, but you don't have a home. It means to go to them in their plight, in their struggle, in their anger, in their pain, and love them the way that Jesus loved. Jesus was persecuted because he was nice to the bad guys, because he was nice to the rejects, because he was nice to the tax collectors. He made a tax collector a disciple. Who was the guy that people hated the most? Jesus says, he's one of mine. 
And I'm going to make him part of my team. And I'm going to change the world with him. And we're standing here today on the backs of tax collectors and prostitutes and thieves and liars. That makes me happy. Because I'm a little bit better than that, I think. But yet sometimes we're so far from where God wants us to be. And so I want to invite you to stand up. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray that the word of God becomes alive in our life today. Everything that you've learned in your life. And maybe you just know one verse. Do it. Start to live by it. Maybe some of the things that I share today. Let's begin to do what God says. James teaches us that true blessings come when we start living it. So if you want to be blessed by God, Tanya's going to sing a song, and, and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, so she'll be singing for a few minutes. I'm going to ask Leilani to come up with me and help me pray as well for the people as they come up. And uh, if you're here today and you want to say, you know what, I, I need to start living this a little bit better. Yeah, there's areas of my life that I can improve. Maybe you want to rededicate your life to God today. That's awesome. Maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision, a real decision to say, Jesus, I give you my life. 100% it's yours. I want to pray for you too. And so as Tanya sings, it's worship. Maybe you brought a guest. You can tell your guest, hey, would, would you want to go up with me? Let's pray together. I believe that God could change our lives when what? When we put it to practice. Don't live your life on earth like I live my golfing life. Live your life in a way that honors Jesus with every step that you take. Amen. You guys want to be blessed by God today? You guys want to start living out the things that you've heard? Let's do it. I want to help you. We want to help you here at Love Unlimited. And so as Tanya sings, if you're here and you need prayer, come up. I want to pray for you. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.